Drinking and driving bad. Jamming and driving good. Zodiac. So don't forget, you can find me on SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn, Google Music, Spotify, and the YouTube channel, Kicking It With Young Smooth. We're going to do some new interviews real soon. I've been like hella, 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 hella busy. So I do apologize about that. Um, And don't forget that you can hit me up on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all at Kicking It With Young Smooth in some way, shape, or form. Um, But... Today's episode is going to be a real good one. As promised, I definitely said that I was going to talk about a specific album because um, it is part of my love story. So it's going to be a little gushy one, maybe. I don't know, depending on how I feel. So we'll see how we go along with that. Um, so did y'all guess the kick that lyric from last week? I did it once before, and I think the last time that I had did this song in particular, I had did it when uh, OMG Kyrie, or Kyrie was on the show. Shout out to my man Kyrie. I definitely need to talk to you soon. Um, 
So it was another uh, by the Notorious B.I.G. and Little Kim. And the verse that I used was the Little Kim verse. So what we're going to do now is we're going to get into another kick that lyric. Make sure um, you guys hit me on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, whatever. And let's see if you can guess that lyric. Um, so today's kick that lyric is going to be a little bit out of the ordinary. Um, it comes from a R&B singer this time, so it won't be a hip hop one. Let's just start there. Um, he is one of our first white crooners, um, that really took that R&B genre and just made it his own and, the songs on this album, I, I'm telling you, I could listen to this album from beginning to end. Um, so th- those are some clues. Can't give you too many because then you'll know what it is immediately. But <clears throat> this song goes in the King's English a little bit like this. Heard about my past things I used to do. The games I used to play. The girls that didn't last. I know what's on your mind. You think I'm doing wrong. Can I say what is real? You're not the, you are the only one. When I'm not around, do you think of me? Or what the jealous ones are claiming me to be? You should know by now that it's going to take a lot of trust from you for us to make it through. You should know, baby, you're my angel. Nothing's going to make you fall from heaven. Girl, I just want to love you. Love you. All right. So if y'all got that one, make sure that you hit me up and I'll let you know whether or not you were right or wrong. All right. So moving on in today's ratchet and ridiculousness. Um, I don't know. I kind of picked out a couple of good stories, some shit that just kind of flicked me off. Um, let me, before I go into that though, before I go into the ratchet and ridiculous, let me just say that, um, <laughs> I hate to keep, hate to keep quoting cardio this, but shit is getting real. Shit is getting real. Just really, 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 really real. Like, yo. The coronavirus situation has hit home for me several times. I'm not playing. I'm not playing about washing my hands. I'm not playing about who I'm around. I'm not, I'm not playing. Like as much as I want to go out and go to these events and, and meet up with people I haven't seen in a while, I definitely want to. But until we get past this, I can't, I can't risk it. I got too many people that I love. That I just cannot risk it for. So I know that we opened it up. And I think that it is some bullshit. To be honest with you. But this shit is is not a game. So I. Because I was in proximity of someone. Who ended up getting the virus. I had to go get tested. And I mean. I, it is. Crazy. Like. Getting a test for the corona test is not like getting an HIV test because that is completely different, of course. Um, but the anticipation of it and the waiting of it is still really the same. You know what I'm saying to you? It's like, yo, this could be something that could... And it's not necessarily quote-unquote life-changing because it's the flu. It's not like HIV or AIDS or anything of that nature. But still, the anticipation is so much. So I went on... 
uh, a Thursday to my local patient first. And I actually, because they said it takes about three to five days for it to come, and business days at that, for it to come back. So, you know, I wasn't going to get it back on Friday, number one. Like, that wasn't happening. And then, um, I had Saturday and Sunday to wait, but thankfully I got my, you know, my test results like eight o'clock in the morning. They texted back and said that I was negative. I mean, but the person that had it is going through so much, you know what I mean? And it is a painful experience for them. And I'm like, oh, that's crazy. And then, you know, the fact that I've actually heard of someone that I have known that has passed from this. I want y'all to know that this shit is not a game. Like, yo, this is some serious, serious, serious shit. And people are still dying. I don't think that that we're in the midst of being able to do what we want to do. And what I don't like is the fact that the southern states have opened. And every single state has had a spike in their cases. Then, in addition to that, come to find out Florida was never fucking wearing masks. No way. So all y'all bitches going down to motherfucking Miami because these flights is cheap? What is wrong with y'all? What is wrong with y'all? Like, y'all, I, I, I can't. I can't do it. Like, as much as I wanted to, um, you know, take a flight, this, that, and the third... Um, go to Disney, go to Disney. Um, I want to take a trip to Houston, this, that, you know, so many other things, but I'm like, bruh, I am not here for getting sick and getting anybody else sick. So thank God I'm negative, but you know, it's, it's still a lot of shit still out here, you know, between that, between the protests and we'll talk about some more of that shit, uh, coming down the line. And last thing before I get into Ratchet and Ridiculous, I am going to, I'm in my quote unquote podcast room now, which is nice. Um, it's just a nice space. It's a very, um, it's definitely not soundproof because I know y'all can hear sometimes the neighbors running up and down them steps if you listen closely. But um, it's just definitely a nice room. However, I am so excited because I'm officially ready to change it. So as we sit here, I'm actually looking at the paint that I just put on the wall. And it is amazing. And I am literally, finally, finally using my Prime. And I'm pretty much shopping everything off of Amazon. Um, there are some things that are inexpensive that I want to get for this room. So eventually you won't hear this creaking ass chair anymore. And, um, it'll be in, I'll just be in a whole different space. And what I'll do is I'm going to do before and afters and, um, have those be up on YouTube. So that'll be on that YouTube page as well. So, you know, it's just a lot of kicking it about life and music, which is what we do. Y'all know that's why y'all come and that's why y'all tune in. And also thank y'all so much for those that are listening on a more consistent basis. I really appreciate it. So, I mean, all of that to say is all love. Um, okay. So let's get into some of this ratchet and ridiculousness. Beef brews between Swiss Beats and OVO after a producer called Drake out his name. To be specific, Swiss Beats called Drake the P-word, so he called him a pussy, 
over elite track featuring Busta Rhymes. And the story goes, although Swiss Beats has been credited with keeping music fans engaged and entertained via his Versus series with Timberland, that same spirit of harmony was absent in a- absent in him over the weekend. After calling Drake out of his name during an interview session with Busta Rhymes, Swissy walked back uh, the jab, but some in the OVO camp won't accept the apology. Via Swizz's Instagram live based, um, zone radio, zone, 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 I'm sorry, my bad, I just had to do it. Uh, uh, zone radio show, the producer chopped it up with Busta Rhymes discussing a variety of topics last week the track in question stay down made its way to the internet which featured a jay dilla beat and record from around uh 2012 busta for his part was fine with the song never dropping but swiss was ready for war drizzy's vocal tone is noticeably different with both men rocking similar verses about wishfully experiencing that their romantic partners will overlook the trappings of their fame and women who seek their attention. Buster, for his part, was fine with the song, never getting an official release, but Swiss was ready for war, assuming that the leak came from Drake's team. Swiss unloaded some choice words. And he quotes, My whole energy was based on something that got leaked that you couldn't put out no matter what the circumstances are, Swiss said. That's a little kid. That's a guy. That's a little guy. And we made a lot of great things together. And it's not a personal thing. You understand. If it was personal, we'd shoot your plane out the sky. Okay. (laughs) After Buster (laughs) tried to defuse the situation and say that the song happened because Drake wanted... Uh, to hop on a Dilla beat, Swiss took it up a higher notch and was angered that the song never saw the light of day. Oh, okay. Well, Swiss, you got a lot going on here. Because, as he quotes, at the end of the day, niggas is pussy for real. What's up? Pop off. Let's go. Swiss B said while Buster just walked off the screen, keeping himself out of the issue. Swiss sometimes, uh, somewhat apologized for the jab, saying he was in the wrong space when he made the comment. Um, Chubbs, Drake's friend and head of security, took to Instagram story and flicked a jab at Swiss and says, We don't need no apology, Chubbs wrote, tagging Swiss. It's clear you don't like us, so act the same way when you see us, pussy. Okay, first and foremost, um, drunk mind speak a sober tongue. So, Chubbs is right. Apparently, Swiss, you don't like Drake. And this is just my personal opinion on it. I believe that you don't like... You may... I understand artists and their art. And if 
a song was never meant to come out, then maybe you should just leave it in that realm of it just never coming out. You know what I mean? Um, but I also believe that you ain't got to disrespect nobody, you know, uh, just to deal with, I, I don't know. You just, you just don't have to disrespect nobody <laughs> to get your point across like that. Like it's un, it's unnecessary, but that's the way that you thought about that man. And his bodyguard said, yo, keep it pushing. Like, you know, Swiss, I, first of all, I don't understand. It's, it's, Swiss has this, this, uh, double duality that we all, that I always like to talk about, about the ratchet and righteous situation. Like you, you super righteous and, and had this, I want to come together moment, but then you get ratchet and want to quickly apologize. And you have to believe that everybody's not ready for a quick apology. Everybody ain't here for the, for the stunts. Like I, I don't understand. I, I just don't understand. But anyway, moving on because I'm over it. Uh, ex-officer in George Floyd case found shopping at grocery store with no remorse. An ex-Minnesota officer is out on bail where he was found shopping at a local supermarket and a resident got it on video. <clears throat> ex-officer J. Alexander Coogan or Kondry, Con- whatever, uh, was... One of the officers involved in the wrongful killing of George Floyd. The ex-Minnesota officer, uh, let's see, the ex-Minnesota officer is out on bail where he was found shopping at a local supermarket and the resident got it on video. The Minnesota resident ex, uh, Alexander, I'm not going to fuck up his last name no more. I don't even care. Um... If he regrets contributing to the death of George Floyd, the officer had no comment. Alexander did acknowledge the woman, but did not want to comment on the death of George Floyd. The officer, the ex-officer, excuse me, is out on a uh, $750,000 bond as he was charged with second degree unintentional murder and manslaughter. Um, okay. So this also goes to that point where we talk about the whole see something, say something kind of situation. And on, I, I don't, I can't say that I get it because I've never been in this kind of situation, but I see where they, where he, where he was in his thought process. Okay. Just playing devil's advocate, seeing where he was in this thought process. This is in no way me saying that I agree with what happened. However, I think that the code in blue becomes that you never turn your back on your brother. And that's what we're fighting against at this point is the level of right or wrong in whatever that is. You know what I'm saying? Like, yo, you have got to stand by a principle and there has to be a different principle in all law enforcement. And this is something that is nationwide. Um, and I watched the video and it didn't look like he didn't show. I, I don't know. For me, it didn't look like he didn't show remorse. I think that he just didn't, he did not know what to say. 
You know what I mean? Like, he didn't expect to be ambushed. He didn't expect to be recognized, which I don't know why you wouldn't, because clearly you're, you're on the tape from a different angle. Um, I think that this is completely part of a whole plan and it's ugly. It's ugly. It's unnecessary. Like at first when I was watching the video, when I first saw the video, I was like, yo, why is this woman? The first, the funny thing about it was the first time that I saw the video, I was like, oh shit, it's another Karen harassing somebody. It didn't even just have to be the fact that they were black or white, but even though that, that cop was white and I'm like, yo, leave him alone. Like, why are you doing this in the store? And then when she said who he was, I was like, ah, ah, sorry about that, bro. That harassment kind of makes sense. And, you know, um, unfortunately, even though you may not have been the actual cop to put your knee on, on his, on George Floyd's neck, you are guilty by association. My brother, like, ain't much that we can do for you. Ain't There's not a whole lot of love and, and respect that we can give to you right now. So I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I, well, I'm not sorry for real, for real. Um, and my point of view on the riots and everything that's happening, burn this shit to the ground. I'm tired. I'm done. And I know that sounds crazy and I know that sounds fucked up, but it's just like, yo, I, let me tell you something. The craziest shit ever that, that happened um, I was driving by a the well the Popeyes around my way, and right next to the Popeyes is an auto zone. And I'm like, hey, didn't we just burn down these motherfuckers now? Y'all trying to rebuild in an auto zone? I'm like, yo, it, that's a bit much. Then on top of all of that, y'all motherfuckers out here worried about a goddamn target. We don't own none of this shit insurance companies are going to kick out for it. that's why they're insured they don't own none of this shit and i know we probably talked about this several times and so many people have said the same thing but we don't we just we just don't um i believe that we have the right to protest and whether uh, whether it was peaceful or not i just i feel like we we have to start speaking up for the shit we have to we have to make it make sense. It, it Stop treating me like I'm not a human being. You know what I'm saying? So you like, yo, I tweeted the other day, yo, I am a son. I am a brother. I am a husband. I am a human being. You know what I'm saying? I'm black and I'm a human being. Like, yo, treat me as such. Um, I am utterly sick of the the whole Karen situation and it would be it would be one thing if these people were taking this video and they were doctoring it in some way shape or form but they not that's the whole thing like yo they they so not like yo how have white women for centuries well yeah centuries how have white women for centuries been the victim of saying I'm able to say whatever I want to say and do whatever I want to do. And as long as I am crying these salty white tears, it is okay. Like, I just watched a video on, um, it was, it was another just random Karen incident. And that's what they said. It was like, um, just another random Karen incident. And the woman, 
um, cut the man off in traffic, flicked him off, and said, nigga, go back to your country. First of all, bitch, real quick, this ain't even your country either. Y'all motherfuckers came over this bitch, told, sat your dicks down, and was like, oh, nigga, this our country now. Like, what the fuck? Then you went back, and then you got some motherfuckers, and then said, oh, work for us. So everything that we have in this bitch, we, we built all of this. Every little thing that we get and we've done, we built all of it. And all you've ever tried to do is whitewash it down to the motherfucking potato salad. Like, I just, I don't, <clears throat> I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't, I don't, I really don't. And like I said, with the whole Karen situation, like, yo, the woman on the video is literally in full-fledged tears covering up her license plate just like crying and then just hilarious just made me now now i want to call them this the white men are kyles because the kyles of the world are in this bitch like oh you know just leave her alone clearly she's she just she didn't mean it she stopped trying to justify for the bullshit you feel me stop trying to justify for like yo it's not that we woke, but right now we see you. Like, we see y'all. It's not about being overly woke. None of those things. I, I always have said that the, the level of ratchet and, and righteous can, in some way, shape, coexist. Hell, it has coexisted in years. But, we see you. Like, the, like the, the Cat Williams joke, nigga, is you sniffing cocaine in front of me? You do know that I see you. Like, I literally see y'all doing this shit. I don't understand why you think it's okay. And it's not. It's just not. Moving on. <clears throat> Where is Ja? Where the hell is Ja Rule? I don't know. Ja Rule goes viral from performing at a house party <laughs> and tries to play it off. <laughs> but 50 Cent ain't buying it. Let me tell y'all something. I saw this video too and I was like... Yo, yo, just you just performing for like three people. You know what? I'm not. <laughs> for weeks during the current civil unrest, everyone has been jokingly asking, where's Ja Rule? As a nod to Dave Chappelle's recent special. The problem is, whenever you say his name too many times, he's like Candyman and appears out of thin air to go viral. Last we heard from Ja, he was ducking the fire festival lawsuits and trying to do our taxes while owing two million in back taxes his damn self. This weekend he popped up performing at a low budget apartment party. Mm, mm, mm. Of course, once the video went viral, people rebooted the Ja Slander machine. But Ja tried to twist the narrative in his favor. The rapper reshared the video on his Instagram, pushing his iconic app. For, you know what? Mm. Saying you could book him there. For adding laughs, Ja makes sure to include the booking him isn't cheap. Hmm. I pause in between all of this because my thoughts are, sir, <laughs> sir, 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 what is going on here? I don't understand. I don't understand. Since we're in the middle of a pandemic, 
this is a horrible time to spend money booking Ja Rule to perform <laughs> at a small shindig. One person who is always up to join in the Ja Rule slander parade is 50 Cent. And as soon as he got wind of the situation, he was sure to respond and give us the laughter that we needed at this time. Let me tell y'all something. First of all, Kenneth Petty should not be the only person with the name Petty because 50 don't back down from nothing, okay? And if he on your neck, he's on your neck to the end. I mean, this feud been going on <laughs> since as long as, since at least, what, before 2001? Like, I mean, it's over 20 years. It is still going on. I mean, this feud has been going on just as long as, like, longer than, well, no, about just as long as, as, you know, finding out who shot Biggie and Tupac. Like, this is, this is crazy. But what I will say is this. First of all, who the fuck is booking Ja Rule? Not where is Ja Rule. Who is booking Ja Rule, yo? What the fuck is going on? Why would you, why would you want that? Why would you want that? Like, I'm not saying, let me be clear. I'm not saying the Ja Rule music is bad because that is not the case. I will not sit here and tell y'all no lies. Like, I ain't sit back and be like, um, <clears throat> I didn't sit back and listen to the Ja Rule foolishness. And I loved it. And I did. I'm not going to lie to you. I loved Ja back in the day. I did. However, <laughs> it is not back in the day. And there is no reason. I also was watching, was it Tony Baker? I think it might have been Tony Baker. I need to check real quick, but I think it might have been Tony Baker, and I was watching his um, his Instagram situation, and it was like Ja Rule was doing a motherfucking commercial, and the commercial was for um, some restaurant that he had no idea what the restaurant was and shit. I'm like, you know what? Oh, is this it? I'm sorry. I have to play this. I'm so, I'm, I know. Tony Baker, I'm so sorry in advance, but I do have to play this because y'all don't get the full effect. Now, it's not the commercial, but it is Tony talking about it and it's hilarious. Seen this commercial. Hold on. Now, what in the haberdasheries and hemoglobin is going on here? Now, I know most of you have seen this commercial. It's all over the internet, but this commercial is genius. Everybody's talking about it. It's viral now. It's sloppily made, and it's so bad that it's genius. Papa Crystal's about to make so much money off this because Ja Rule turned in the most raggedy production for a commercial I've ever seen. But everybody's talking about it. He can't even pronounce the stuff on the menu that he claims to love about the place. He did this commercial in his goddamn socks. He got the address wrong, the sauces, the flavors, the menu items. This is genius. We- I, I just I just had to give y'all a little bit of that because that... Oh, I'm sorry, I had to stop it. That right there is hilarious. Like, yo, when I tell you it is like Ja Rule in front of a green screen for this restaurant that he don't know shit about. And y'all out here booking Ja Rule, my niggas, why is we out here booking? What are you booking Ja Rule for? I I, I still, I still can't. I'm like, yo, it's times. Well, I guess it got to be that goddamn bad. You owe the IRS like two million dollars. Bruh, 
They want their money. Speaking of which, speaking of money, <laughs> yo, today I don't know what my coworker was watching or what interview he was watching, but yo, somebody, whoever this interviewer was, gave Trump the business. When I tell y'all, it was the funniest shit I had ever heard because I was actually I was just listening to it while he was watching it, and this motherfucker. This motherfucker is sitting here talking about this stimulus, a second stimulus package. Okay. So, first of all, I got to fight tooth and nail just to get the first goddamn stimulus package. Like, if it's my money and you owe it to me, or some money that you said you was going to give me, can I get my motherfucking money? Fuck no, we ain't, I ain't got it yet. Shit probably done got lost in the mail. Somebody else trying to steal my shit and just using the shit. No, I ain't got time for it. And then when they do decide to send the shit out, I got to wait another fucking six weeks for it. It's ridiculous. I could have burnt and, and been evicted by the time all of that shit happens. Like, it's too much. Um, but when I tell you, this interviewer gave me everything that I needed and more. When I tell y'all, this interviewer asked him, okay, so when is it coming? Uh, okay, well... Look, well, don't nobody give a damn. He was like, don't nobody care about that. So when is the money coming? So we got the next. Oh, so you don't know? Oh, okay. Like I have never in my life heard somebody just go hard and rapid fire them questions. Like, so what you? So what you going to do? So what's going on? Is it st- what the the what? All right. Well, shit. I ain't got time for the shit. I'm tired. That is like the way that that interview kind of went. I was like, you know what? I am here for it. I am here for the shit and the shenanigans because what I want in my lifetime is for people to just face the facts. You don't know what's going on. I have said this once before. You do not know what's going on. And it it just, it just is what it is. Like, yo, the news and the ratchet and ridiculous, uh, has, has just been crazy. Oh, and then that's another thing. Are we still in quarantine? Can somebody let me know? Because I'm confused. I'm confused. I understand that they open this shit up, but like, and we in this whole stay safe mode. Like, I understand that a lot of states that are open, but is it, or is it not a pandemic outside? Because somebody need to tell me what the fuck is going on. Cause I'm confused. Furthermore, I work in property management as we have stated several times on this show. I work in property management and first of all, let me rephrase that. I work in adult daycare. So y'all worried about, let me, I think I said this last week and I'm going to say it again. You cannot worry about a fucking amenity that you're not fucking paying for. What your rent goes to is the box in which you live in. And, and that is, that is just the fact on facts. I don't give a shit about nothing else. It is where you live at. That is it. I am so sick of people. It don't make no sense. I think that is going to be the next t-shirt that I have to get. I don't fucking like people. Because it. I, when I tell you the amount of the way that it feels on a regular basis is like, Susie pulled my hair. Johnny don't want to give me the ball. Oh my gosh, it's so hard. Like, yo, it is like the most whining adults. Like, I'm not even telling you what the real issues are. And some some of them are valid. Some of them are. I will say that. But sometimes I'm like, yo, you don't have nothing to do. And sometimes there are some people that I just be like, look, you need to you need to get a hobby or you need to find a man or something. Now, I understand this in a pandemic, a man, a woman, whomever. 
I understand we're in a pandemic, but maybe you need to start getting your tender swipes on or, or your, you know, or, or have Postmates in something. I don't know. You need to do something because what you're doing is getting on my goddamn nerves. That is just a fucking fact. Moving on and more ratchet and ridiculous. See, I done got upset about shit now. Now I'm mad. Okay, I'm mad all over again. Now I might have to report the rest of the shit angrily. Don't matter because the next topic is going to be some fucked up shit anyway. And I think the topic after that is going to be fucked up shit. It's just, it's all bad. It's just downhill. <clears throat> um, Baltimore, my place. Baltimore restaurant issues an apology after nine year old black boy is denied entry into the restaurant. Yeah, I'm pausing because I need y'all to really, I need y'all to feel that. I need y'all to understand. I need y'all to feel that in y'all spirit real quick. So, I also watched the video on this because you know the kid do the research. Well, I got to look at the shit first to make sure I ain't want to talk about the shit. So, because now I'm pissed. They done got mad acting like motherfucking adult, like an adult daycare. I feel like, before I go into the story, I feel like I work in adult daycare, but the only great side about working in this type of adult daycare is that I'm not wiping no asses. But, I mean, who knows? Who knows? Um, so, once again, Baltimore Restaurant Issues Apology After Nine-Year-Old Black Boy Is Denied Entry. One black mom stuck to her guns when she was met by discrimination at a Baltimore restaurant recently. Marcia Grant and her son were denied seating due to her son's athletic attire, but she stood her ground, especially because she witnessed a white child sporting athletic wear while dining in the restaurant with no problem. The Uzo Bay <clears throat> manager, so don't go to Uzo Bay because right now they what? Canceled. Um, <laughs> told the mom that he understood how she felt already already downhill and I'm going to tell you why in a minute um, how she felt and that they could return to eat pending her son's change of clothes but Marcia passed the issue and rightfully I'm sorry pressed Pressed the issue and rightfully so. The white kid was pretty much wearing the same outfit as her black son, but he was, of course, welcomed into the restaurant. See, that's that bullshit, but we're gonna go on. So the quote is I pointed out to them that there was a white child that also had athletic wear just getting up from dining there. They still would not let my son eat there and faced racism sorry they, uh, I lost my place they still would not let my son eat there I have faced racism time and time again but it's hard as fuck when you have to see your child who is 9 years old upset because he knows he's being treated differently than a white child mm. After the clearly racist orderly made his rounds, Uzo Bey released an apology and placed the manager on indefinite leave. Bitch, he got fired. So, um, I didn't go into their message because it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Their message doesn't matter. Um, looking at the video, 
the mother was 100%, not the mother, the mother was 100% correct. The mother was 100% correct. Y'all, there is no motherfucking way, like, she panned her, her phone over to the little boy. The white little boy had on the exact same thing. He had on a t-shirt, a pair of shorts, and some tennis shoes. So why in the whole holy fuck that the the black boy who had on a t-shirt, some shorts, and some tennis shoes, mind you, better tennis shoes, but I'm just saying, nitpicking, neither here nor there. Why was he denied entry into eating and he had to change his clothing? Sir, first of all, let's be clear. Right now, if you think that you're going to just be able to lose your job, and be on unemployment? Nah, 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 son. It ain't even like that. Because clearly you wanted to get fired. Clearly you wanted to get fired. Like, I love the fact that she stood her ground. And she was like, no, I want him to say it to me. Oh, well, we've already said it to you. No, I want him to say it again. I want you to sit here and witness that you're saying to me. What you are saying is that my son cannot eat here because of the fact that he is in athletic wear. However, there is a white child who is enjoying his food with his parents. So this is what we are saying. People, let's get it together. Parents, I love parents like this. I love to see parents like that. I like to co-sign those parents. Like, as not being a parent, I love to co-sign parents like that. I love it. I'm like, so what you trying to say? Excuse me, let me let, um, let me speak to your manager because that is when you put your Keisha hair on instead of the Karen hair. You put your Keisha hair on and you be like, look, real quick, run me mine because there should be no reason that my child cannot eat here if you have now allowed another child to do so. Now, granted, if she was just out of pocket and there was no other children like that, maybe she wouldn't have had to say anything. Like, okay, you know what? We'll come back another time or we just won't. Because it just is what it is. But there is no reason that you can clearly have another child in pretty much the same leisure attire sitting there. And that be okay. That be okay. If we reclaim it on time and re- at this point, time is up, white people. We see you. Why y'all keep acting like we don't see you? Why do y'all keep acting like you don't understand that I'm looking you in your face and you is snorting the cocaine off the table. I literally see you right the fuck now. Stop it. Stop it. Because it is ridiculous. It does not make any sense. And then stop trying to utilize. Don't hide behind policy when you, you cannot hide behind policy when you're wrong. Bottom the fuck line. Like you can not continue to hide behind policy when you are wrong. But it just it don't make no sense. Make it make sense houseway, houseway. You don't have all the answers, but it don't it don't make no sense. Like I I wish I wish I wish I'm a let me tell y'all something. Like me personally, and I think I've, I've said this before because I have been in customer service all my life. I understand a lot of the do's and don'ts, and I understand that sometimes there is a point. Where you have to get to, this is the business, and I have to leave my personal out of it. And 
that this just is what it is. And sometimes there is a level of people getting frustrated and you just have to work with it. I've had customers and residents where they have been frustrated from the gate. I am a matcher. You know what I'm saying to you? Like I am big on, I'm going to match that energy. Whatever you give me initially is what you are getting back. 100%. Like I'm all about matching that energy because if it sounds stupid, it's going to be stupid because I, and I'm going to repeat what you said because it's stupid. But if you have a legitimate gripe, like, yo, she's all she said was, well, if that's the case, then why is there a white child over there in the same type of gear that my my child is in? And why? And at that point, you can't argue. There's no way that you could argue with the logic, Bruh, Logically, there is literally a little boy over there with the same thing on, same type of of clothing on, little Ashia, but same type of clothing on. Ain't no way that you can try to deny this. So, sir, you're on indefinite leave, which is awesome. Moving forward, um, D.L. Hughley, we're going to send prayers out to D.L. Hughley. Um, He has tested positive for the coronavirus after feigning on stage. Um, D.L. Hughley is facing an uh, explanation for his on-stage pass-out during a Tennessee comedy show. As previously reported, DL, who was 57, collapsed um, suddenly on stage while performing at Zane's Comedy Club on Friday. His reps previously said that it was simply suffering from exhaustion, but the comedian himself is now sharing that he's been diagnosed with the coronavirus. <sighs> In an Instagram post, Hughley said the positive diagnosis came after a series of tests were performed when he was taken to Nashville's St. Thomas Hospital Friday night. He states, I was what they call asymptomatic, Hughley says, and in his post added, I didn't have flu-like symptoms. I didn't have shortness of breath. I didn't have difficulty breathing. I didn't have a cough. I didn't have a low-grade fever. Uh, I still don't have a fever. I didn't have a loss of smell or taste. Apparently, I just lost consciousness. And he continues to go on and says, Well, thank you for your prayers and well wishes and a few and a few more of them wouldn't hurt so hopefully we won't develop symptoms maybe this is as bad as it gets um dl will quarantine for two weeks after leaving the hospital zane's comedy club uh confirmed that the remaining two nights of his four night engagement were canceled so um that is just that is just sad. Like I heard about it the other day and was like, oh, damn. Uh, you know, like I know he getting a little older. We we all getting older, but damn, you know, take the breaks, take the breaks when you need them. And I really honestly believe. And it's funny because I, I would say normally, like, yo, listen to your body. You know what I'm saying? Like, yo, listen to your body, hear your body. You should know this and the third. I can't say that. He said that he was asymptomatic and had 
none. Uh, I mean, Yoel said he didn't have flu-like symptoms. He didn't have shortness of breath. Didn't have difficulty breathing. Didn't have a cough. Didn't have a low-grade fever. And still doesn't have a fever. I'm like, yo, all of this can affect people completely differently. And I think what makes this whole coronavirus situation so, so scary is that you can be absolutely fine walking around and literally be carrying it. Or you can be 100% on the spectrum of completely being utterly sick. Um, or, you know, be somewhere in between. And it's like, because there is no concrete answer to any of this, it's like, you know, we can, we can make jokes about it. We can think about it and, and, and try to put it into perspective. But it, this is the, this is literally in my lifetime being 36 and I will be 37 next month. Um, it is literally the scariest time ever. Speaking of being 37 next month, um, I am also planning on my birthday to be in solidarity with everyone else that has had to have their birthday inside. So I am not doing nothing. I am not moving anywhere. I'm not going anywhere. I'm not doing anything. I'm not even door dashing that day for my birthday. I am literally just staying in the house. And I'm even if we're open and we're able to go out and go to restaurants and this, that, and the third... I don't want to deal with it. I am going to keep in solidarity with everyone else who had to, um, you know, have their birthdays be in the house. So I am going to do that myself because like right now, like my birthday is July 27th. So, you know, we moving towards later in July, August, all of that good stuff. Nah, in solidarity, I'm going to stay my black ass in the house for that day because, so many of y'all missed graduations and you missed, you know, your birthdays and this, that, and the third. So I'm not, I'm not going to go out here and party and take and flick up pictures because it's ridiculous. If we are that open, because who knows? Like nobody knows. I just don't understand. All right, y'all. It's the, oh, 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 mm. I, I hear it. I, I, I definitely hear it. What is that? It is time for another album. And I told y'all last week that I was going to do this album. And I love this fucking album. It was 2005. And the emancipation of Mimi was out and thriving and flourishing. And I'm going to go over a couple of different things that really took place. I want to talk about some of the, the samples that were credited on this album. Um, and I want to kind of go into what it means to me because this album is everything. And, uh, as a matter of fact, in that same year, actually at the top of the year, um, I had gotten married. So shout out to 2005. Yeah. Okay. So the emancipation of Mimi is the 10th studio album by the American singer and songwriter Mariah Carey, released through Island Records on April 12, 2005. The Emancipation of Mimi was considered Mariah Carey's comeback album by critics, and it became the highest-selling release in the U.S. in decades. Um, uh, sorry, in a decade. In composing the album, Carrie collaborated with 
many songwriters and producers throughout 2004, including Jermaine Dupri, Snoop Dogg, Twista, Nelly, Pharrell, and James Big Jim Wright, many of whom appear as featured guests on select tracks. Carrie opted to use her personal nickname, Mimi, in the title, revealing a more intimate side of the singer, as seen in the album's declaration theme of emancipation uh, from her personal and commercial setbacks. Although it was a similar vocal production to her previous works and an inclination towards her signature ballads, the album encompasses dance-oriented and up-tempo styles in keeping with its celebratory motif. Critics noted the theme of independence and the lack of restraint. Dubbing the album a party record, the album debuted at number one in the U.S. Billboard 200 with the highest first week sales of of Carrie's career at the time, selling over 440 thousand copies in the first week I got mine. It entered in the top five on the album's charts in the in Canada, Denmark, France, and Japan. The Emancipation of Mimi was the best-selling album in 2005 in the U.S. and the second best-seller worldwide with global sales of 10 million copies. Let me tell you something. Mariah can do no wrong. Um, <laughs> uh, well, no, I take that back. As of recently, I, you know what? I also believe um, loving Mariah Carey also is, is definitely a thing. Love her completely, one hundred percent. Have been following the career since I was a kid, like since nineteen ninety. <laughs> um, but the only wrong that Mariah can do for me personally, just me. Is I don't know if I in this era of my life could go to a Mariah Carey concert. I mean, granted, we ain't going nowhere, no way. But I definitely don't know if I could go to a Mariah Carey concert because of the fact that I don't know if I could just watch her just stand there. <laughs> like after after going to a Beyonce concert, it's it's a little it is a little difficult. It is a little difficult. The only other concert that I want to go to and out of quarantine is a Janet Jackson concert. Let me let me do that. Can I, I and I and honestly, the funny thing about it was before all of this happened, I was ready. I was like, "Yo, I'm going to go see Janet. If she comes as close to DC, I'm going to DC to go see Janet." Like this bottom line, but clearly they didn't. So some some of the accolades, the Emancipation of Mimi received many awards and award nomination. It earned ten Grammy award nominations in 2006 and seven. Eight in 2006 for the original release, the most received by Carrie in a single year, and two in 2007 for the Ultra Platinum Edition in 2006, Carrie won Best Contemporary R&B Album for The Emancipation of Mimi, as well as the Best Female R&B Vocal Performance and Best R&B Song for We Belong Together. Carrie has uh, Carrie was nominated. Four, but did not win album of the year. Robbed. Um, 
So yeah, uh, I just lost my shit. Ah, sorry. <laughs> Record of the year, we belong together. Song of the year, we belong together. Best female pop vocal, we belong. Um, now we belong together. Best female pop vocal, it's like that. And best traditional R and B vocal performance, mine again. In 2007, Don't Forget About Us was nominated for Best Female R&B Vocal Performance and Best R&B Song Winning Neither. Uh, the Emancipation of Mimi won the 2005 Soul Train Award for Best R&B Soul Album and Best Female R&B Soul Album and the 2005 Vibe Award. Ooh, what happened to the Vibe Awards? Um, for the year. Rolling Stone ranked the album at number 43 on its 2005 list of the year's best albums. I mean, that's a high-ass rate ranking. And Entertainment Weekly ranked it at 21 on their list of top 100 best albums for the past 25 years. We Belong Together won a Teen Choice Award, a World Music Award, five Billboard Music Awards, four Radio Music Awards, and three Bambi Awards. I don't even know what the hell a Bambi Award is. Shake It Off and Don't Forget About Us won two additional Bambis after Carrie received the Bambi and the award drew media attention after it was stolen from the singer's dressing room. Look at why y'all doing this to Mariah. Don't do this. So let's get into what I just I had to wave it again. So this meant everything to me. One, because we got married. I got married December first, two thousand and five. And granted, the album was not out yet, but there were definitely talks. And I think around that, around or close to that time, we did have the Usher's confession situation going on. So I was very, very happy about that. And then you get the emancipation of Mimi. And it starts off with a banger of bangers. And it starts off with, it's like that. It's like that was written by Mariah Carey, Jermaine Dupree, Manuel Seal, and Jonte Austin. Just, uh, just amazing. You know what I'm saying to you? And produced by Dupree, Carey, and Seal. Um, you get We Belong Together. One of the most amazing ballads ever. And even in the video's concept of her kind of breaking off the shackles of her awful marriage to Tommy Mottola and you know just kind of really reinventing herself one thing about Mariah Carey Mariah Carey will definitely reinvent herself but We Belong Together was also a Carrie Dupree Seal Austin um Darnell Bristol Kenneth Babyface Edmonds um Sydney Dwayne Bobby Womack which we'll get into the samples in a minute um, Patrick Moten and Sandra Sully. It was produced by Dupree, Carey, and Seal. You get Shake It Off is more of an upbeat kind of situation, which again, I love. Um, 
you get the 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 hitters again. You get Carrie Dupree, and then you also get Brian Michael Cox and uh, Jonte Austin again, which um, they worked on the writing portions of it. And Jermaine Dupree, Mariah Carey, and Brian Michael Cox produced this song. Then you get Mine Again, which was a that like yo something about Mariah Carey's voice in that era in that moment. You couldn't touch it. Couldn't touch it. Couldn't fuck with it. Um, so you have Carrie, Jonte Austin, and James Poser. And this was uh, composed by Mariah Carey and uh, Poser as well. Say Something, which features Snoop Dogg on there. You have Mariah Carey, Pharrell, and Chad uh, from the Neptunes and Calvin Brodus, uh, which is Snoop Dogg. And that one was produced by the Neptunes. Um, Stay the Night, one of my all-time favorites, which was written by Mariah Carey, Kanye West, uh, Thom Bell, and Linda Creed um, was produced by West and Mariah Carey. Um, Get Your Number, which features Jermaine Dupree. Has Mariah Carey, Jermaine Dupree, James Phillips, Brian Michael Cox, Jonte Austin, Steve Jolly, uh, Tony Swain, Leslie John, and Ashley Ingram, who all wrote on that song, and Dupree and Carey and L Rock all produced that song. Um, one and Only with Twister, which is also one of my favorite songs. Um, you got Carrie, Samuel, Lin- Lindley, and Carl Mitchell. I think Carl Mitchell is actually Twister. Oh, that's a good question. I don't know what Twister's real name is. I guess that might be that. Um, so then you have the legendary, uh, track stars, um, on that production and Mariah Carey, of course. Circles, one of my favorites, which is Carrie and James Wright. Um, also same as the production. Your girl, Carrie and Mark Shemmer. Um, also, the same people on that production uh, and Scam Jones. Um, I wish you knew. Um, again, just more wonderful ballads. Um, to the Floor featuring Nelly, which had Mariah Carey, Pharrell Williams, um, Chad, and also Cornell Haynes, which is Nelly's real name. Um, Joyride. <clears throat> which uh, had Mariah Carey writing on it and Jeffrey Gear, And then in addition, your last one, Fly Like a Bird. Now, Fly Like a Bird um, was one of my favorites. It summed up the whole album in its entirety. It gave the album so much validity, so much fullness. Um, so if I had to pick out my favorite tracks in this album... It would have to be, I'm definitely going to have to say, it's like that, of course. We belong together, shake it off, mine again, say something, um, stay the night. Stay the night is my song all the way down. Circles, um, and Joyride and Fly Like a Bird were my, like, my favorite favorite songs out of that. So in total, it, it it is one of the best 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 
albums. Um, so looking into the samples, it's like that. Samples Hollis Crew by Run DMC and Lottie Dottie by Dougie Fresh and um, <clears throat> MC Ricky D. We Belong Together samples If You Think You're Lonely Now by Bobby Womack and uh, Stars and Whispers by Renee Gear. Um, Stay the Night samples Betcha by Golly Wild by Ramsey Lewis and Who's in the House by the 45 King. Um, get your number samples Just an Illusion by Imagination and Weak at the Knees by Stevie, uh, yeah, Steve Arrington. Your Girl samples A Life with You by A Daze. Sprung, which Sprung is actually a song that's on what, what I did find out. Um, is Sprung is actually a song that's on the Japanese um, version of this album. Um, but it samples Do It Again by The New Birth, Make It Make It Last All Night, which I think also was on the Japanese version, um, is a sample of Freaking You by Jodeci. And We Belong Together, the remix samples Two Occasions by The Dells. And if you think you're lonely now, by Bobby Womack. So, and that was on the extended version. But those are some of the samples, some really good samples. Now, what Mariah just does is <clears throat> Mariah just puts together a body of work like nobody's business. I will say, going through this and kind of looking um, at all the Mariah stuff that I have that I love, I can tell you, can't nobody write a verse. Like MC. Can't nobody write a verse like Mariah Carey. I love the fact that um, when Mariah started taking reign of her career and really working with more black artists, because for a long time, because of the fact that people thought that Mariah was white, Mariah is black, let us be clear, um, a lot of pop radio wanted her to do those pop kind of ballads. And it it didn't really translate for her when urban markets started um, kind of playing it more. You know what I'm saying? And then she had urban artists and, and hip-hop artists on, on her stuff. Like, Mariah is a part of hip-hop history if we really want to be, you know, for real about it. Like, yo... She's worked with all of the greats. Like, a lot of the songs go hand in hand. Like, if you really think about it, she's worked with Old Dirty Bastard. She's worked with um, Diddy. She's worked with um, Nelly. She's, like, even recently on, on the new album, she recently sampled Little Kim's Crush on You. You know what I'm saying? So, it's like... She continues to reinvent it. I think that the music is great. I think Mariah... she. Hell, the girl has become the queen of Christmas. Like, yo, I almost in my mind don't remember a time where there was not um, All I Want for Christmas. Like, I literally almost don't remember. I'm 36 and will be 37 years old and cannot think of a time of All I Want for Christmas not being played in some way, shape, or form. So, I honestly 
Love this album. Um, this album for me meant it, it showed freedom. It showed love. And one of the things that I wanted to read that I loved, um, it's, it broke down emancipation and it gave five definitions. Um, one, to free from restraint, control, oppression, or the power of another. Two, to free from any control, controlling influence. <clears throat> Three, to give equal rights to or of women and minorities. Four, to free somebody from uh, restriction or convictions. And five, to release from care, responsibilities, and control. All of that was where Mariah was in that time of her life. Love this album. So, that is my album gushing. I think what I will do is I'll go over tracks more. I definitely want to talk about like if where the sample is. I got that from like Wikipedia and most of it is usually correct. Um you know, it's 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 uh like if, when they start getting into like personal business, that's when you have to kind of question it a little bit. But most of the stuff and um discogs as well from where it goes for over the discography about who wrote it, who was involved in the project. And I mean, yo, if you don't know about Jonte Austin and Brian Michael Cox, they are they you will probably end up hearing their names several times on the on the show, especially when I go on the R and B bag because they have done some of the most amazing and iconic songs. So make sure y'all look out for that. Um, so that's what I think I'll do. Cause I was like, Oh, I'm kind of going over it. And I would just like read the first couple of lines from it. But yo, it's a lot of great stuff. Um, that I didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't even know that there was a uh, Japanese version of this. And there are two songs that I'm, I'm missing. Um, that I need to see if my, if my Google will find them at all. So I need to kind of figure out what that is. Um, and then, in addition, the last thing that I need to talk about before I go, I have been struggling to find albums that I love and can love from beginning to end. Other than the indie artists that, you know, I get to know and, and you know, I've been on the show before and I've got a chance to interview and I will interview again, um... Let me tell y'all something real quick. <laughs> that goddamn Tiana Taylor. Nigga. That goddamn Tiana Yo. This album. I cannot break down that album as of yet. And I probably won't break down that album in the section that I, that I do it on. I might have to just go back in it. I have listened to this album in its entirety. Two times already. And am in love with it. I love what she has said on The Breakfast Club and, and Angie Mar I haven't watched the Angie Martinez one fully through yet. But what I do honestly, honestly, honestly love about Tiana is the simple fact. The simple, simple fact that she um, is taking this lane of the 90s and reinventing it. When I... This motherfucker... Guy, I'm sorry, and I hate to call a motherfucker a motherfucker, but you know when a motherfucker is a motherfucker is when motherfucker doing what they supposed to fucking do. Shit is fucking awesome. This girl has, first of all, the first intro, and I'm not going over the whole thing, but the the first intro of the song was Iman asking her to marry him. 
that already was like, oh, that's so great. But then to have the 911 call of when she had Junie, her her daughter, her first daughter, because now she's pregnant again. Congratulations, Tiana. Um, and Iman. And that part, it just struck a chord with me and realizing you know, she was only 25 and like all of those things. And it just, it, so that right there captivated me. I said, okay, cool. We're going to listen to it. Her explanation of the different studio rooms that spell out album, it's 20, I want to say it was 23. I think it's 23 tracks long. I have not listened or had an album that was 23 tracks long that I listened to in its entirety and loved. Beginning to end, do not have to skip. She has Erica Badu on here. She has Lauren Hill on here. She has Missy Elliott. She has Quavo. She has um, a Future, Missy and Future on the same track. Like the collaborations and the songs on the collaborations are freaking crazy. Are you serious right now? Um, you know, she got Christian Combs because that song actually made it on. Like, yo, it's a full, full, full body of work. It's spread apart between like love songs and the unity songs and the sex songs and and all the lyrical song. Like, all of it is just so well put together. Uh, for a from beginning to end, she has a first of all. First of all, she got clearance from Junie to put Junie on the record. Let's just start there, okay? Because you know Junie's busy. She's out here. She's she's breaking news all the time. She already told y'all that her mother's having another baby, and that's her baby first and foremost. So, um, but with all of that, like, yo, she literally is a visionary thank you tiana for keeping the 90s alive which is my era my my jam and she has erica badu on here and she it's it's a song that's called low key and she does like the next lifetime kind of situation and changes up the words but still gives you that essence and feel i am in love with this album so make sure y'all download Tiana Taylor, the album. So, once again, y'all have kicked it with your boy, Young Smooth. That's me. Um, don't forget, you can find me on SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn, Google Music, Spotify, and my YouTube page with the YouTube channel, Kicking It With Young Smooth Podcast. Um, I will end every show like I end every show. Fear, false evidence appearing real. It's only real in your mind if you make it real in your mind. Now, I would say that for the coronavirus situation, but that is real, okay? Um, but I will say one of the things that I learned from Mariah Carey right now at this particular point in this part of the show is that you can you can break out of those cages. You know what I'm saying? Like you can break out of any cage that you're in. You don't have to be held to do one thing you don't have to be held to be one person in one kind of way you know what i'm saying so be free fly like a bird which is my jam um and just love yourselves you know what i'm saying to you treat yourselves with the most utmost respect and dignity and don't let anyone take away from you that that 
that admiration and that love that you have for yourself because you need to have it. It, it, it is important. There's only one you. Ain't nobody better than you. You the baddest motherfucker out here. And that's just facts. Just is what it is. So, um, you know, you, you, you just tuned in to another episode of Kicking It With Young School. Now, don't you feel better about it? I know you do. All right, y'all. I'm out this morning. Y'all already know what it is. Peace. Shut sure,